Hey everyone, my name is Joel Edwards and I am the founder slash host slash marketer slash presenter slash project manager of the Moonlighters Club. For those of you who don't know, the Moonlighters Club is a podcast that interviews entrepreneurs who work full-time jobs, aka Moonlighting. It's not the first episode, we've been around for years, literally, but today is kind of a first of a new kind of format I guess so the way things work is you know normally I'd find someone through word of mouth email mutual friend and I'd set up an interview and we'd just talk you know why you do something outside your nine-to-five why is it so important to you how'd you choose it what's the goal how it makes you feel etc etc and I was doing that for a while in Boston Massachusetts you know I was lucky I grew up in Boston moved away for a bit came back so I had a little bit of a network that I formed over the years, and I found a group. I was able to find people through work. I worked at a startup, so pretty much everyone at the startup was doing a side hustle of some sort. And then as I switched jobs, I continued to meet more people who, you know, had this or did this lifestyle, lived this lifestyle, I guess makes more sense. So after I interviewed a few people, I started doing showcases. And during our showcases, we would have people get on a stage one by one, They'd have about seven to 10 minutes to talk about their side hustle, their moonlighting venture, and then also corporate life, you know, what it's like. So I, I just took everyone that I had interviewed in the past, be it DJs who are in IT, fashion designers who worked for the city. Uh, these are people I've interviewed in the past. I don't know why I'm not saying their names. So Jamerson Vincent, Charlene, uh, Chanel, uh, Scott Everton, uh, Stefan Goler. Uh, just just people I've interviewed in the past who are doing great things. Camille Masori, I can just yell out names all day. I've interviewed over 40 people. Um, but the showcases were cool because people got to get on a stage and it was just them. There was no Joel in the way, no me talking, no, no interview questions. I hate panels and I hate forums, and fireside chats, especially when there's no fire. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, because I just feel like you're just sitting there watching two people have a conversation that you're not really in. You're like kind of in, but not really. And no one really gets to ask the questions that they want to ask. And they're all really self-serving. Like, why are you so great? I don't know why I'm great. Joel, why are you great? This is why I'm great. Hey, listen to the podcast. And then the showcase was really just you. You get on stage and you, you talk to us the way you want to talk. And we, we're just there to listen and support you. And I got good feedback. Uh, the podcast itself wasn't too hard to put together when I did it just audio. I pretty much taught myself how to do a little bit of editing on Audacity, which was free, and I'd record it, kind of just patch it together myself. Bought my own equipment, went through a Samsung desktop uh, mic that I used that was about 70 bucks that a friend told me about. That's how we got the first episodes in. That's why they sound so awful, but I got them done, and then I upgraded. Got some uh, MXLs, got a Behringer mixer, so I started moving up in the world and doing my thing, but it was always on and off, you know? Uh, because of the fact that I work a full-time job and they were generally startups, they were all startups. I'd have days where I had more free time, you know, and then I had days where I felt like crying or just drinking a lot. So it was hard for me to stay consistent. Plus, I didn't ever want to do my own content. I was always nervous about people being able to judge me. If I interviewed someone else, then it'd be easier to be like, okay, we both suck together as opposed to you know, me just talking into a microphone like I'm doing right now, it'd be much easier for you to go, Joel, what you, this was awful. So when I could be consistent, though, I was able to generate a little bit of interest. But it was really all about that live event, those showcases, networking, seeing people's faces, man, recording it, putting a video on. 
So I, I kind of did it as a one-man team. I got some help, though, uh, great help from a brother by the name of Devante, who I met on Upwork. He continues to uh, edit all my future episodes. Thank you, Devante. My friend, Stefan Goler, helped me put on the live events. And uh, my friend, Dwayne Johnson, would help me do a lot of stuff, too. He was a huge help. We were able to like plan, strategize, and continue to hold events. So I, I was fortunate. There's more people I just can't think of right now because um, I didn't practice this, which was a bad idea that were able to help me throughout this whole process, including my friend Sean Beggood, who helped me found this whole thing a couple of years back. So anyway, fast forward, we're doing these showcases and now I'm doing about three to once every three months, let's say. So once every three months I'm doing this, I was working at a WeWork and I met some individuals uh, who had a collective that they called Black Wall Street. And Black Wall Street was was kind of like a move out of this club, just, you know, black. It's a bunch of folks who got together every week, and we would talk about each other's either full-time or side venture, because some of these people work full-time on their passion. Some were like me who had jobs. But it was super inspiring, man. We'd go there every Thursday and just talk about life, man, politics, whatever, businesses, and just have a good time. And every time I left, I would just feel so energized. And that really kept me focused on, kept me focused, excuse me, on the podcast, on the showcases. Anytime I had an event, they were there. Um, I interviewed people there for the podcast. I showcased a few of them. It was just great. And I felt at this time, things just started clicking. So this is 2019 where I hit like a stride. And uh, I'm starting to have showcases. I think I had three last year, 2019. And the Boston Public Library, that's, I, 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 I found out that I needed, I wanted to do video, right? And this is why I just blurted out Boston Public Library. But I had no video equipment and no money to buy video equipment. So I asked one of my coworkers, man, how can I record this? Like, you know, where can I buy something? And someone goes, what about the library? And I go, oh, that's, you know, probably a good idea, but I'm not 12. So I don't even know how to get in contact with them. And they were like, Joel, just go to the library, you know, whatever. So I went to the Boston Public Library in Copley, which is right by the finish line of the Boston Marathon. Irrelevant, but you should just know it's my city. It's kind of a big deal. And I go in there. It's this big, archaic building. And it's an awesome library. It's probably one of the better libraries you'll see. You go in, it's all glass in the front on Boylston Street. There's like a podcast studio on the right where WGBH, a news channel in Boston, will like record nice, friendly content for like old people um, or people who just like NPR. And then you go downstairs and you dodge the crazies that come in for the warmth and you get to the business library. And the business library is insane. I found out there was a room called the Innovation Lab where you could rent time up to three hours a day for free. And they'd give you equipment, man. Software, they had Macs in there. They had camcorders, lights, microphones. And I'd already had my, like mics and all that stuff, but they, they had everything you needed, and it was free. You just had to go there and get a library card. So, of course, I went there, and I had an overdue book that I had not even known about for, like, 20 years. And I'm like, oh, man, it's about to be 100 bucks. It was 17 bucks. So I came back on payday and paid that 17 bucks off and I was able to use it. And 
Once I got in that room, it was golden. I uh, tested it a couple times myself. The people who work there are awesome. Amber from Boston Public Library, you're great. One of the most helpful people I've ever met in my entire life. And I was at this point going, okay, you got some episodes. You have some showcases gone. Let's get some videos up here. So let's keep this going. So I'll go to startup events. And I will go to startup events because I was working at a company where I was trying to get them exposure. But I was also, you know, looking for people to interview. And one day I went to, and some, what was this called? Summerfest. Uh, some kind of, uh, I can't remember. I, I don't want to be mean, man. This event, this event was awesome. It was, uh, I can't remember what it was called. I'm going to look this up while I'm talking because I feel like you should know this um, for your own reference if you're looking to network in Boston. But Hub Week. Oh, there we go. Hub Week with a lot of neighborhood events. And once a month in the summertime, they would just pick random events, random areas in Boston where they would have like workshops and then networking time. So they had one in Somerville. Um, they had one in Somerville and I went. And I went to Somerville to this networking event and I was just out there, man, slanging it, slanging those business cards out, right? Hitting people with that, the boyish charm of mine. Hey, I got this podcast going. You should you should definitely be on it. I went straight casting couch, you know, with people to, to seduce anyone to get on this podcast. And I ended up getting uh, eight business cards or so. And not only was I able to network and, and meet people and, you know, get these business cards, but I was also able to meet people like, you know, the high people who are higher up at Hub Week or people who were um, uh, are, are heads of marketing and things of that nature. And when I left, I realized I had about eight business cards of people who were like, not I'm not going to say my level, but people who were like me, you know, starting a businesses, you know, trying to grow up in the world. And I also had these like important people and, oh, like, you know, these you know heads of whatever, VPs or whatever. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be great. So I ended up contacting everyone when I left and none of the quote unquote big people got back to me. All the Moonlighters did. So I set up interviews. And when I set these interviews up, remember I work. So either I could wait after work and pile them in. Or I had to figure this out. Like I have a job. I can't just not go. It's a startup, but they're pretty strict about being there even though it was in a WeWork. Um, so I had to figure out how I was going to do this. So what I would do is just schedule interval uh, interviews and like these three hour intervals at the library in Copley in Boston, rush from work in Cambridge, which isn't that far physically, but if you understand the NBCA in Boston, it is, um, the worst, uh, uh, public transit system in the actual universe. So it would take you forever just to, to, to go small distances because the train would either break down. It was just, it's awful. It's an awful train. It gives me nightmares and anxiety. It smells, everything smells like pee. Everything looks like pee. This, no offense to, to people with mental health issues. I feel bad for saying this, but there's a lot of craziness on the train. Like you can get yelled at by a stranger for no apparent reason. No reason. It's insane, bro. Like the train is just all jacked up. Anyway, I digress. So I'd ride that horror train from work, go red line, orange line. No, green line or orange, depending on my mood. Hit Copley and then go. So I need to do this during lunch breaks or right after work. So I'd rush down and be like, all right, I'm going to interview three people today, three people tomorrow. Boom, 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 boom and get them out. So. At certain spans, I could interview up to like not just the eight people I'd met at that Hell Week event, 
but any random person I, I that we you know respond to me, meet them all in an interview about six people in a weekend. Video too, and I'm just learning how to use video and edit video, not really edit, but just record video, use lighting, all on the go, right? So things are going, you know, pretty well. I interviewed some awesome people, uh, people who you're going to get to know because I'm going to publish everything on this podcast now, and uh, their videos as well on YouTube and on the website, which all of this I'll tell you later. So I was able to meet cool people like. Protein Powerball, Becky Pleat created the, uh, created her own company. Uh, uh, Kwan Yang created Drink Prickly. The Flicker Lighter Boys, his boys created uh, Flicker Lighter. Uh, one of the first Flicker Lighters, and they're crushing it. And it was awesome, right? Good feedback. So, like, I'm just building this network. Things are going well. So I have the stockade of stuff I have to get edited. Good. I have more showcases coming up. I invite some of the new people I just met to the showcases. They're talking at showcases now, and things are going extremely well. It's awesome, right? So this is through the summer I'm interviewing all these folks. And as the summer's cranking down, the job I'm at is kind of getting whack, as most of them, you know, they do. I'm a, I got to flap my wings. You know, I can't just be confined. And it, it's it's just me. I'm just not. I can be a great employee or I can be the shadiest employee and not because of skill. Like I can get it done. I got, I, I'm good. Like enough. But if you're not being fulfilled, if it's not hitting you in the heart, then it's just kind of like, how do I even get motivated for this? It's more than money with me, man. I got to really give, I got to really care about the tasks that I'm doing or be challenged. So I'm at a point like, all right, Joel, this is going well. Like let's, let's, let, let's, let's step on the gas and keep it going. So roll in the fall. I start playing two more showcases. WeWork helped me throw one on that I had in Octo- last October at the WeWork in Back Bay with the people from Black Wall Street, which was great. And then the Boston Public Library actually said, why don't you do one here, you know, in Rab Hole? It's this big auditorium in the basement by the business library. They're like, we'd love for you to do it. We'll, pop, we'll, we'll promote it, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, great. So rolling in November, I hold this showcase on like the first really cold day it was like november 15th or something so like 30 people showed up and this hall is huge so you couldn't see people and it was a tuesday too every other showcase i had done was at turtle swamp brewery awesome brewery by the way best in boston turtle swamp um so it usually be like a night on thursday or friday beer you know it's free totally different vibe the library is cool man it's an awesome place but to tell someone to come to the library it's tough man because they have the stigma in their head about ah you know i don't really want to do it so anyway 30 folks. But what was different about this one was the fact that we had 30 people there. The library's AV was awesome. But the people I had on the show were, were great. Transcendent. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Mark who created his own dating app. Icebreaker. Uh, Val, an events producer, Lady and Rudd Productions. We had the company, The Gromit. I actually was reaching out to companies to be sponsors, and they were like, no. But the Gromit said we would love to be a part of it. So I had them come down and talk at it. It was awesome. And then uh, I also had my friend Colgan, who was a painter, uh, photographer, just uh, one of the most artistic dudes I've ever met, Colgan Johnson. And then one dude in particular, Akio Evans. Now, the reason why I focus on Akio is he's from Baltimore. Um, And the reason why that's a big deal is I literally met this dude randomly. My wife and I went to Baltimore for my birthday. She took me to a Steelers game. 
in 2018 uh, when we actually had a when we actually had a quarterback. This is before Lamar Jackson went off. So I went into Baltimore, bro, and I'm like with my wife, and we went for a walk around downtown Baltimore. And by the way, Baltimore is not what you think. It's yo, there's there's good shit out there, good people out there, good stuff. I got family on the west side. It can get rough, but there's a lot of stuff going on in Baltimore. First of all, the food is oh my god, crabs insane. And second, there's some good people there, man, and they're they're, they're unique and they're cool, man. This, they're good people. So anyway, we're walking around downtown, and I randomly met this dude in a clothing store. I can't remember the name of it. It closed down. But I met Akio and a gentleman by the name of Josh. We were just talking about different things we like to do on the side. And Akio was talking about how he um, designed sneakers, uh, um, among other things, right? He did videos and stuff like that, directing. But he, he makes custom shoes. So if you buy... And they say shoes, Baltimore, right? I did that wrong. She, shoes, it's like lose. Like, it's, it's totally different. But he kept telling me about shoes he made that were amazing. So he's showing me, like, these custom converse he made, movie-themed things, video game-themed shoes, Chucks, Vans, Adidas. It didn't matter, man. Air Forces. He's just making all these crazy designs. Shirts, too, man. Like, all kinds of stuff. And I told him about the Moonlighters. I'm like, bro, you got to get down here, man. I got to show you this, you know, the stuff, you know, that, you know, uh, this is what I'm building. You're building. Yeah, let's connect. Boom. He's like, great. So, uh, Akio comes, uh, he decides, like, actually, this, you know, that that was a dip in the past, right? 2018. So, 2019 rolls around. I never forgot him. I followed him on Instagram. He followed me. We just kept in touch. I kept following him. And I, I learned more about him. Uh, uh, through um, uh, his IG page. And I find out through his IG page that he has designed shoes for Kevin Hart, Nick Cannon, Snoop from The Wire, Dave Chappelle, uh, Donnell Rawlings, you know, those who don't uh, know, Ashley Larry. And he's got all these famous people on his phone. I'm like, bro, you're like a big deal, man. Come on. He's just like, yeah, you know, super humble. Like, this is, you know, this is what I do. I'm just trying to get it out. I'm like, bro, we got to do this. So a year later, I say, yo, I'm doing another showcase. Roll through to Boston. He says, all right, I got you. So Kia rolls through, and he actually stays at my place. I meet up with dude, and we're just talking, man. We're just talking before this showcase. This is 2019, November. We're just talking about life and the things that are important, and I'm telling him about his stuff. He's telling me about his past. I'm telling him about my past, and we're just talking about the thing, and he's just like, yo, I'm just happy to share my story. And I'm like, bro, you know, met all these famous people, you know, and all these designs. He's like, I just, you know. I want to be able to tell I've never done anything like this. I've never, you know, I, I think it was his first time in Boston. Uh, and he's just like, I'm just happy to do it. And when those 30 people showed up for the showcase in November, he was, he's like, I don't care if three people come. Like, no, him, Colgan, they were just like, we don't care who comes. We, we just want to tell our story. And he did. And people loved it. Loved it. So after that, I was like, we're doing the right thing. Like, it really is about, it's not about me, it's about y'all. And we should share more of you to the rest of the world, the more of y'all, the more of the Moonlighters, because there are more people out here who just want some sort of inspiration. So after that, I just felt energized. I'm like, yo, we're on the right path. This is great. I'm just going to keep grinding on this. You know, I want to be get to a point where I can get some revenue and just really focus on this creatively. And then I hit a roadblock. And the roadblock was actually a good one. It wasn't a bad one, but I'm married. And that's not the roadblock. It can be, though, if it's not a good one. My wife hates Boston. She move there from New Hampshire because she went to talk because she's smart way smarter than I um yeah she holds it together uh 
she'd moved there. She's originally from South Carolina, and she'd been to Boston, and she's just not a fan of it. She's always been talking about, I want to move back down south. And I'm like, I don't. I do not want to have to drive around. I hate driving far places. I grew up with, you know, corner stores. So finally she wore me down, and I'm like, all right, we're moving. So it was hard for me to even tell people, man. It was awful. I didn't want to. I just was so embarrassed, man. I, and I was just sad. I was depressed. Like, I didn't want to leave. I finally felt a groove, man. Got friends in Baltimore. I mean, we're doing showcases at the library. We have video now. And now I'm leaving. And we don't even know where. So we're going back and forth on places to go. And every place I hate, Charlotte, no. South Carolina, double no. Atlanta came up. I'm like, eh, no. The only place in the South I want to go to was Texas. I love Houston. And I had a good time in Dallas. And she's just like, that's not happening. It's too far. I'm South Carolina. So I'm like, whatever. I used to live in the Midwest. I have family in Minnesota. I graduated from Ian Prairie High School. She said no. Uh, I didn't say no to Minnesota. That wasn't happening. I'll never move back to Minnesota. But like Chicago, I don't know. There's a big city, whatever. So finally, I was like, all right, all right. D.C., right? D.C., it's chocolate city. It's not as chocolate as it used to be. It's more chocolatey than most cities in the Northeast in the U.S. It's like right in the middle of the Mason-Dixon. It's like northern and a southern city. And I can walk around, you know, and get places. So we were like, cool. D.C. it is. So now I had to tell my friends, and I did, and it was awful. And it was crazy, too, because we moved in January of 2020. In 2019, in December, we were just going to be traveling a lot. And we went to a few places. I went to Alabama for my dad's birthday, uh, flew down to Atlanta, then caught a flight from Atlanta to Montgomery, Alabama, which is the shortest domestic flight I've been on. It's like 20 minutes, half chicken plane. And then when I got back from my dad's, we were going to go to Kenya for a wedding, her friend Helen, which was awesome, but also sad because I knew as soon as I came back from Kenya, I was gone. I was done. So we went to Kenya at the time of my life in the motherland, came back, got super sick. Uh, my wife thinks that we had coronavirus in December. It's not true. We didn't. We were just really sick. We were airplane sick. And then I had to pack up and move in a week, and I did. I moved like an NFL team, dude, changing locations in the in the middle of the night and came to D.C. And came back for about a week because there was just, she had a conference in Boston. There was stuff I had to do and people I had to see. So we had a goodbye party in Boston after I'd already moved. So my friends are like, what the fuck? Like, there's people who like, dude, I didn't even know you were gone. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. I have enemies. So I snuck out. So I finally had to say goodbye, goodbye. Like, this is it. I'm out. And I dipped. And when I dipped, I was just super depressed, bro. Like, I was in D.C. in this one place. We were in our second apartment. Our first one was just it was a nightmare. But the second one we got in is good. But anyway, I was in the first apartment we were in. Sad. Just all the time. Still working on stuff. Like, I updated my website thanks to help from Finna from So Phenomenal. Finna Fenelon. Uh, also cleared out my drive. I love managing assets, digital assets. So I was able to like clear all that out, but I was still just super depressed, man. I didn't know anyone. I didn't have a job, which I didn't care about, but still it just keeps your mind off things. And I'm just like, what the F? So anyway, I get a job. I start interviewing and, uh, start interviewing for a job that's based in London. 
was a bunch of video interviews. So I'm like, cool, this is cool. I can do this. We have a couple of video interviews, like whatever, you know, went well. They're like, yo, you want to go to Miami for a second interview? I'm like, yes, I do. Went to Miami. Never been to Miami before. This year was my very first time going. And I was in Wynwood. I didn't even go to Miami Beach. I was, it was just, I didn't feel like getting over there. It was too far. And I was only there for a day. Straight up business travel style, baby. I had a blazer on. I was ready, dog. My green blazer with like this floral club Monaco shirt I wear. These brown leather Viet- shoes I got in Vietnam. I was killing them, dog. Killing them. Went down to Miami. Interviewed with one of the associates who works there. And hit it off. Went to Vesa Star Brewery, one of the best breweries I've ever been to. Drank it up. Went back to the airport. Almost missed my flight because I got a little too drunk. And then I jumped on a plane, came back to D.C. And they said, yo, you're good. We want you to come to London. So I'm like, cool. I got a little juice going now. I'm like, all right, I've been to Miami. I was meeting people in Miami, passing out cards. Like, what up? I'm Joe, blah, blah, blah. So you get that. You know, when you travel, I feel like, and you're around the right people, you get this energy of like, oh, shit, man. Like, it's this weird business energy you get. Especially when you have a blazer on where you're like, I'm I'm taking shit over. Let's do it. So I uh, come back to D.C. And I'm like, all right, I'm reinvigorated. Let's go, man. I got something on this. You know, let's go. Company calls you back. They want me. Now it's time to go to London. I'm starting officially with the squad. So I'm like, great. Fly out to London. Never been to London, by the way. I'd been to random places like Vietnam. Cuba, Kenya, Mexico, France. I'd been to France, um, but never England, which is stupid. Because if you're in Boston, it takes literally no time to get to London. Like, the flight I flew out was actually the day of the Super Bowl. I don't care. I'm a Steelers fan. I don't want need to watch the Chiefs or the Niners. It was that night. Uh, that flight takes, like, five hours, and then that's it. And uh, it's really quick, too. So I'm like, all right, yeah, let's do it. I'll go to London. I'll miss kids with the Super Bowl, bro. Let's go. So I get on the plane, go to London. When I actually got in the airport, I was uh, I took a bunch of CBD to relax my anxiety, and I almost lost my luggage because I left it at security and walked away. So I had to call a police officer and go through this whole process. But anyway, I got it. Got on the plane. Super turbulent. It sucked. Land at London. I did not sleep. So I've been up all night, and it's five hours ahead. So I had to go straight to work at nine in the morning at this new company with zero sleep. It, I was a zombie, but I was in London, and London is dope. Especially if you're like, you're just in that mode of like, yo, I want to go out, get go out there and get it. I was in Shoreditch, which was sick, man. So many good places to eat, so many places to kick it. London was sick. Company, I hit it off great. Um, and, and, and again, just, just being able to move around a bit to stop thinking so much, I think was awesome for me. So I come back. I'm happy about this job. Uh, the flight back home was a nightmare. This lady who was sitting close to me threw up all over herself because she drank too much wine. Literally, she threw up through her hands. It was crazy. Blacked out. So anyway, I get back. Go to D.C. And this was February. This is like February 3rd is when I landed in London, 2020. So this is pre-Rona, y'all. This is like Rona in China. Corona coming. And when I went to London, I remember going to security at the airport and they were like, uh, are you sick? Uh, you feel sick? You know, this is coming back to America. And I'm like, no. They're like, you've been to China lately? I go, no. They go, okay, you're going to get on a plane. And that, in my head, at that point, I knew, yeah, this, this shit is coming. If that's a screening process, this shit is on the way. So I'm in D.C., 
It's mid-Feb. We hit some bumps in our living situation, so we had to dip from one apartment to the next, which we did. And new apartment had me feeling good. Like, okay, now we got a little more space, move around a bit. We're on the northeast area of D.C. I'm right by 8th Street. Yo, there's mad businesses here. Um, all kinds of good businesses, black-owned businesses. I mean, I, I'm with all kinds of small business, but seeing black-owned just, you know, reminds me that I can do it um, if I'm willing to, you know, bust my ass enough. And we hit it. You know, we get in this new place. Things are going well. We're moved in. I have a job. I'm on calls. You know what I mean? Uh, I got this flow about me. I can now do this, you know, get the podcast stuff going or whatever. So I'm like, cool. I got a paycheck coming in recurring. Great. And leading towards the end of February, things are fine. New place. I even went to New York in February to meet a client for this new gig I had. Like February 20th, I think, or 18th. That was, you know, going to New York is always cool, man. It's always not like, it's not like the Big Apple. Um, then I remember coming back and just, you know, feeling good about everything. And then March hits and shit. Dog, Corona was here. I told people that we are screening, dog. It's coming. I told my friends. It's on the way. And it hit. And I'm very fortunate. Um. I'm married to a, a great woman who can be great at times, other times very angry with me, very successful, and she's got a good head on her shoulders, so she keeps me from pushing us to the poorhouse. And I have a job. And, you know, my job is somewhat affected. Uh, it is affected by coronavirus, but I still have one, you know. And throughout the news, as it's breaking, you know, from March 1st until today, my company's small, so we're able to kind of keep each other on the same page, kind of be really transparent about things. And, we're, you know, I'm just watching these like you, like, yo, this is nuts. And the whole time in the back of my mind, I'm like, Moonlighters has to come, man. This podcast has to get out. It's got to get out here, right? But I, I can't edit these videos myself. I just got to whatever. So I call, I hit up Devante. I don't know why I said called. I hit him on LinkedIn. I was like, yo, these are all things that need to get done. Let me uh, throw some money at you. Let's get it done. Also, shout out to Lawrence Weich. Lens one, I interviewed him. We went to high school with him, but I also interviewed him. We went to high school at Boston Light Academy. But Lawrence uh, helped me edit episodes as well. So thank you very much for that, Lawrence. Uh, so the two of them, I was able to get episodes done in a batch. I'm like, word, we out here. And then I'm like, yo, I haven't, I'm not going to be able to interview when I can't leave. So, you know, like whatever. I'll just focus on getting the content out, making the website look pretty, so on and so forth. So... I came up with the idea, like, yo, let me just bring the lights together. Like, let, let me find a way to, like, build on what we have so far, right? So I, I went to Mighty Networks, built a network. Didn't take too long. Mighty Networks did most of the work, and I invited everyone I'd ever interviewed or showcased. Not everyone has joined. It's like 20, hello, join people. But a few people did join and exchange messages, which is all I need is one. One means it matters to someone to me, right? Doesn't mean it's going to make a million bucks. Doesn't mean it's going to be the craziest thing in the world, but it means it matters to someone. Figure out why and then build on that. So after that, I'm like, okay, I've got this little network. Got some, I got some episodes done. I got all the episodes actually I need to get done are done. I have the network. Yo, like, okay, like we're on to something. And then Rona just obliterated New York City. 
as the stock market's tanking, people are dying across the world. The one thing that stuck in my head was how shitty certain employees were being to their employees. Virgin telling people to take eight months vacation unpaid. Amazon workers not having protective uh, gear. Uh, garbage men in Pittsburgh walking off the job because they didn't feel that they were being protected. You know, heads of sports franchises not wanting to foot the bill for vendors and asking the athletes to do it. And through all that, and I hate that it was this because, you know, most of the reason I get inspired, most of the reasons I become inspired while doing the Moonlighters Club is because of the Moonlighters, man. It's just because people really care about something. They're really passionate about it. And and, just, and it's not just that. It's just watching someone talk about something they really care about. It's always fun to see that. Unless it's people's kids. Because it's cool for like the first two minutes and then they go in and about how they sneeze. And you're like, whatever, bro. But everything else is generally good. So the Moonlighters... Uh, you know, the good is what pushes me, but then for this time, it was the bad. And, and I just realized if there was ever in a time where I needed to give more of a fuck about my common man slash woman, it's now. So here I am. Here we are. Uh, my focus is it's you. It's your passion. It's your business. It's for the person who never, who has no inkling to ever start a business. It's to... Just say hi. How you doing, man? How's work? Were you laid off? Do you still have a job? Is it going well? Do you want to talk to someone about it? We're all here. We've all been through it or we're going through it. I mean, I currently work right now. I love my company. But I, I love innovating. I love organizing. So I'll, I'll, I'll always want to do this. So I'm back full force. And I'm going to continue to get episodes and publish episodes. I'm a one-man band. I contract most things out. So I'm just going to have to find my time to get this done. Weekends, late nights, lunch breaks. Uh, who cares? I just got to get shit done. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to continue to find people to interview. Corona's got me in the crib on 23-hour lockdown, 23-7. But I can still hit up Zencaster or Squadcast and interview somebody virtually, which I will do. I will continue to publish new episodes. I've got about 15. So these people I've been naming, the Quans of the world, the Beckys of the world, Becky uh, from uh, Protein Powerball, and all the innovative people I met last year, those episodes are coming out. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna knock on, I'm gonna bang on your door until you listen to that interview. These are exceptional people doing exceptional things. All while working, having the same stress I have about paying bills and staying employed, and they're doing amazing things. And I got to tell people about it. I need people to know that it's not just you. We're all super stressed and frustrated and sad, scared. But let's uh, let's find that bridge. Let's find that common area where we can all meet and figure out how we're gonna get out of this, you know, or weather the storm. So that's what we're gonna do. So I'll continue to do things like this of me talking in the microphone, grabbing scruff on my face. I haven't had a haircut since February first. I can't grow a lot of hair on my face. It, I just I'm just so homeless looking right now. It's depressing, but I've embraced it at this point. It's just like 
but I can't drink a lot because I, when I wake up hungover and then look at my face with all this hair and scrub on into my head, and I feel double depressed. So I'm just going to be super healthy so I can kind of feel like I'm all natural instead of just down on my luck, drunk dude, beardy look. So you're going to get more episodes. There's going to be some videos. I'm just going to have to go without the haircut, but I'm going to get a camera. That's my next thing. I don't want to do videos, dude, Mike my computer unless the lighting is super right because the camera's not good man you really gotta get your own so i'm just gonna wait till prices keep going down on these electric retailers and and do that buy a camcorder get a tripod hit play talk to myself in the meantime tell your friends stay tuned not only do we have new episodes coming on the podcast we'll have more videos on youtube the moonlighters network that i built on mighty networks if you would like to join Email me at joel at moonlightersclub.com. I think that's the easiest way. Or you could find the network, actually, if you go Moonlighters Club Network, Money Networks. Or just go to Money Networks and put in Moonlighters Club. I think you'll find us. We're in there. My website, moonlightersclub.com, is where I post everything from every showcase video, interviews, profile pages with people we've interviewed. I just want people to be able to get their business out there and their dreams out there. Um, And this isn't just about business man if your dream is painting or just for nothing you know just to keep it for yourself i want to talk to you if you act if you sing if you break dance bebop wait beatbox what is bebop i don't even know what that is i made that up but i just don't care what your passion is or what your goal is it's really about finding that peace from this thing that we call the corporate grind that nine to five and how we plan to deal with it and overcome it so there'll be more joel a bit more scruffed out host i will pledge to you that you'll get more of this and i god i hope you love it i just want to make enough money to buy to buy bourbon to build a collection so i can seem really distinguished when you come to my house that's all i need and I travel occasionally. You know, I thought I wanted to be the richest guy in the world, but I don't. I've seen who those people are. I don't want anything to do with that. I just want all of us to have more access to the things that we care about. And hopefully this podcast helps people get there. So, again, my name is Joel Edwards, originally from Boston. Graduated from high school in Minnesota. Moved back to Boston. Now I live in D.C. Host of the Moonlighters Club. Saying Hello. And saying, stay tuned. There's plenty of me to come. Good night.